Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzibbyandtracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing today? I'm all right, Zivi. How are you? I feel like I would be a bad therapist because I would have to start. I never know how to start these conversations. How are you today? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I always find this bit the, the, the most difficult bit of the whole podcast. Once we're into it, we're all right. Yeah. But it's like, initial... what can I say that's really interesting? I know what to say that's really interesting is you got honored at, and what was the description? Bookish book bigwig. Was that crazy? I know. I was honored. I know. It was so nice. There's an organization here in New York called Literacy Partners that helps adults learn to read and tries to counteract the fact Mm. that there's such a huge percentage of the population, especially here in New York, that cannot read. So they actually brought out this one woman who was so lovely, Sophia Nixon, and she had her little daughter next to her and read the speech. It was like the most beautiful thing. How literacy partners had taught her how to read and now she's no longer, you know, working the night shift and instead she's a preschool teacher and it's changed her life, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was amazing. So I was one of the- how lovely. It was great. I was one of the honorees and I didn't realize it would be such a huge event in person. It was like this black tie thing with- maybe 500 people. And then oh all God. these press outlets have picked it up. So yesterday it was like town and country put me in the headlines with Tanishi Coates, who's like, you know, a, like a genius. And it was like bookish bigwigs, like Zibby Owens. And Tanisha Coates. And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, my whole team was here oh. for a meeting and we all burst out laughing and clapping and it was hilarious. So yeah. I think that's fantastic. You do so much for authors. I mean, look at all the work you do with promoting all this stuff and books and reading. And so you deserve that award. Absolutely. You really, really did. Congratulations. Fun fun for me, though. Speaking of books. Yes. Speaking of books, remember last time I was saying I couldn't remember that book that I thought was brilliant. It's called Our Our Wives Under the Sea. Have you Mm. heard of it? I have not. It's about a lesbian couple and her wife goes and works on a deep sea mission where they have to study something on the ocean floor and she comes back and she's not the same. And it's just, it's beautifully written. Is she a mermaid when she comes back? 
No, she's not. But it's, I'm not, I'm not going to give anything away. Okay, it's okay. really interesting book, really interesting book. And then I started thinking about sexy books. And I was thinking, because the podcast, probably Our Wives Under the Sea isn't going to appeal to anyone. They should, you should read it though. But I was thinking, what are the sexiest books? And I cannot go past Lisa Tadeo. Is it Tadeo yes. or Tadeo? Yes. With Three Women and Animal. Yes. It's got to be, this, for women, I think the sexiest books. Yes. And Paper Palace, I thought, had some good sex scenes in it. Did you? Yes. You're right. But Lisa Tadeo, I I thought they were really good. I love how she writes. It's so raw and like emotional and like gritty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's awesome. I've gotten to know her. Yeah. She's like, oh, I want to. When I come over, please, she's the one person I'd really love to meet of all your authors. I I just am a bit obsessed with her. I know everybody's, everyone I know is a bit obsessed with her. So you're obsessed with her as well. She's very cool. And she's not that tall. She's like my height, which is nice. Is she kind of sexy in a way? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that I want to answer that. I don't know how to say, I don't know how to answer that question. Mm. She's very cool. Yeah. She's super, super cool. Very cool. Right. Her That's husband's sexy. super cool too. He's really nice and funny. And anyway, whatever. Cool is sexy anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Questions. Okay. Questions. Sorry. I, I wonder if people enjoy our little banter here. You know, you're free to write <laughs> we'll in. With get on with it. Yeah. Okay. Question number one. <laughs> oh, and we were nominated for four video. Oh no, we won four video awards, which is really cool. So thank you. No, no, not video. Lit Talent Awards. So thank you for that. Yeah. And if anybody is available to vote for us, I've made no campaign efforts, but we were nominated for a Webby Award, two Webby, one Webby Award. So anyway, whatever, vote for us, webbyawards.com. That was really a pathetic call to action, but there you go. Okay, (laughs) question number one. I'm a 35-year-old woman who has fallen in love with a much older man. He's 60. At the moment, the age difference isn't that apparent because he looks and acts much younger than his years. But I'm worried about sex because it's a big part of our relationship. How long can a man keep getting erections? Is there an age when he will stop wanting to have sex with me? This is interesting. Well, the good news is, it is interesting, isn't it? Because the good news is there's no age mentally where desire stops. I mean, and research shows, especially now, that loads and loads of 80-year-olds are having fantastic sex, really satisfying sex. But there are certain factors which you kind of need to tick in order to get to this point. And the first one is you've got to have quite a strong libido to begin with. You've got to want to continue to have sex. This is a really big factor. You've got to keep having sex regularly to keep everything nice and in tip-top shape. And you've got to be willing to rethink sex. So they are the four things that he, the boxes that he needs to tick. Because the type of sex that you're going to be having when you're 55 and he's 80, right, mm-hmm. is not but not going to be, probably not going to be intercourse-based because very few 80-year-olds are getting stonking hard erections. Now, he might be the exception to the rule, but if you're willing to think outside the square, and the things with older sex is that we're really only limited by our imaginations and our expectations because if you stop thinking of sex as intercourse, which we talk about so much on this show, And if you're willing to think outside that and think about pleasuring each other with oral sex, with sex toys, with, you know, non-penetrative sex, or if you're not penis-centric, you can keep going until you're 108 or however long people live these days. So, So that's the good news. What will happen to him physiologically as he gets older? Now, he's 60, so he's already actually going through a lot of this stuff. So because around 50 with men, like as with women, testosterone drops and testosterone if you're low on testosterone it means you're probably less 
will lower on desire because there's reduced blood flow to the penis. It could mean decreased sensitivity, could mean he takes longer to get aroused and longer to recover in between erections. Then if you chuck in the inevitable health issues, like, you know, loss of flexibility, being a bit more tired, maybe arthritis, things like that, you realise that even though you can get erections right up into your 90s, you can get erections up until you die, quite frankly. But the reason why people aren't having massive, like, torrid sex sessions at 90 is because they're too knackered. You're old, you know, like, it's the mind is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. So all that's going on. I mean, all the, I mean... Some of the positions you talk about on the show, I mean, I can't imagine these people <laughs> in the nursing home are, are doing, I mean, they're impressive. No, but they will. Remember, people. they're going to have the right. sex furniture. They've got the sex furniture from your Oh my God, room. seriously, Tracy, I know we talked about this last time with the kids' playroom furniture I have being like actually in some other catalog as sex furniture or something, but I, I literally, we all sat watching a movie and I was like this, I just feel dirty now. This is terrible. You ruined it for me. You totally ruined it for me. I'm so sorry. I'm so yes, sorry. Yes, but anyway, older people, I mean, I find it interesting. I would have assumed that desire and frequency would go way, 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 way down in your nineties or eighties or whatever, but it sounds to me like you're saying it's that the desire is, is still there. It doesn't there have to. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, so it, it it different doesn't for, have to. But is it different for men and women? Um, no, it's all about hormones, really. And it is the overriding thing about older people and sex is that if you mentally want to, if your attitude is that you want to keep on having sex, you will not have a problem. Can I just say as an aside, so it just reminded me of something, the thing, you know, when you think about an older guy not getting healthy erections, there is a difference between ED and aging erections. And everybody thinks that any man over the age of 50 who can't get an erection has got erectile dysfunction, which is a blood flow problem. And it's often not. It's just, it's actually called erection dissatisfaction, mm. where your penis ages along with the rest of you. And it just means that it's not performing as well as it did. So it's actually not anything wrong with your penis. It's just called it's getting old. It's just not performing as well as it did. Anyway, that's an aside. But the not so good news about this is that with that 25 year age gap difference, the thing that's going to affect your sex with this man is not going to be the things that are going to be happening to him sexually, physiologically. It's going yeah. to be general health because as you get older, you are much more prone to getting life-changing things like cancer, like dementia. And my sad little story, really, my friend Victoria married somebody when she was 55 who was 20 years older than her. They had probably five good years, and then suddenly, I mean, he was, well, what's that? He was 70-odd at the time. No, no, he was 20, 50. No, he was 80. When he turned 80 and she was only 60, he got Alzheimer's and her life since then, she's now 70, has been caring for him. And she's, she rings me up. She says, I counted today that he asked me like 400 times, what are we having for lunch? And I mean, so that's the risk. Now, when you're the same age, you've got your own set of problems, haven't you? you know, like, but when you're young and you're with somebody who's suffering from things like this, it is a problem. But then all relationships are risks. And this, this relationship might only last five years or 10 years. Mm. I mean, not all relationships have to last until we die. I mean, think of them like that. So maybe, you know, just enjoy it for what it is with your eyes open to what could happen. Now, you know, physiologically and, you know, obviously the obvious things like dementia and cancer and things like that. And then just see where it takes you. 
It's a difficult one, though. Age different relationships get caught up on two things. At that end, it's the health, and the other end is children. That's the main problems with, you know, one wants children, you know, one's too old too, too soon and all that sort of stuff. So they're the two main hiccups for big age different relationships. Interesting. 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 Hmm. Okay. Well, moving on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Number two, I was going to say something witty, but I have nothing. Two, I've been with my (laughs) wife. I've been with my wife for 25 years. And recently she asked me, no, told me to bite her nipples hard. I did. And she kept saying to bite harder. I was, I was afraid of breaking. (laughs) I was afraid of breaking the skin. How common is this? Why has it never come up before? I sort of understand because there have been times and I have wanted her to squeeze my testicles and probably with a lot more force than one might think would be comfortable. Is this sort of the same thing? (laughs) Um, It is the same thing. It is the same thing. It's interesting. Pain is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because there has long since been a link between pleasure and pain and it's all deep rooted in our biology. Now, all pain, no matter what pain you have, whether it's, you know, wanted or not wanted, releases endorphins. Now, endorphins are proteins that work to block pain. That is their job. And they work a little bit like opiates, like when you take morphine to, you know, to help yourself feel better if you're really, really sick. They sort of on this sort of sense of euphoria. And pain also stimulates the production of serotonin. So our bodies and our brains are so clever. They're like, what can we give this person to stop this pain? So if you have voluntary pain, you get this euphoric rush of pleasure. And I don't know, at one point I was really into running. Have you ever been really into running, got that runner's high? Do you know what I'm talking about with that? I mean, I've yeah. just tried to slog to the end, but yes, it does feel good. Uh, yeah. But if you, yeah, if you slog, no, but if you slog and you get to that point where it's really difficult and you're like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm out of breath, this is awful, I want to stop. If you move past that point, all the endorphins release and then you could run like Forrest Gump forever and ever and ever. It's hmm. just this amazing I've feeling. Never got, I've and, never and, gotten there. I I reckon it takes about 20 minutes, 20 minutes of quite hard. And then all of a sudden it's like, I can run like the wind. It's it's just amazing. So it's the same thing that happens here. Now, BDSM, which is bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism, is of course the consensual use of pain as a source of pleasure. 
And this has been around forever and ever. I mean, the Kama Sutra, which is a book about pleasure, how to lead a pleasurable life, not sex positions, which everyone thinks, it actually recommends painful stimulation like biting, scratching, spanking, hair pulling to enhance arousal. It's one of the things, big things in the Kama Sutra. I mean, that was written between 440 BCE to 200 CE. What does that even mean? BCE in before, the com- <laughs> before the common era. <laughs> before the common era. Before the common era. It's like it's like another way to measure time, like before Christ, Anno Domini, mm. you know. Right. Okay. So it's a like a bloody Roman. long time ago. Yeah, it's right? a long time ago. <laughs> sort of a long time ago. Right. Very long time ago. Now, so they were talking about it then. They reckon that about 10 to 25% of US and European people practice some form of BDSM, right? Now, because most people, especially on the mild end of the spectrum, most people enjoy being bitten on the neck. Spankings move from being a kink to mainstream. And lots of people enjoy having their nipples bitten or tweaked very hard. And in fact, some women can orgasm purely from having their nipples bitten or tweaked, purely from no clitoral stimulation whatsoever. Now, um, it used to be considered, by the way, BDSM used to be considered a psychopathology as in a mental illness, but now it's being taken out of that and just considered normal. Well, now um, it's cool. So it's, it's a form of ex- <laughs> yeah, it's now cool. Exactly. Thanks to Fifty Shades of Grey, it's now really cool to hurt your partner. But when we are aroused, our pain threshold increases. So if this man tried to bite his wife's nipples when she wasn't aroused, she would be telling him where to get off, right? When we get aroused, we can, that's why, you know, when your partner like spanks you or, you know, tweaked a nipple or something when you're completely normal, not aroused, it'd be like, what are you doing? Ow, that really hurt. In the middle of sex, when you're supremely aroused, it doesn't hurt at all. It just feels good. It's so weird how this happens. Now, most people enjoy a certain level of pain if they're trying to get sexual arousal from it. So which is, it's got to be enough to shock, but then not so much that it moves on to the other, like actually that just really just hurts. and <laughs> There's no pleasure in this whatsoever. So maybe for your wife, she's just got a really high level of pain. Some people do. The other thing is, he says they've been together the 20 five years I'm wondering I don't know how old she is but maybe she's perimenopausal or menopause which means less estrogen which means less sensitivity so it could be that why after 25 years well maybe because it's been 25 years she suddenly thought you know what I want to shake things up a little why are you shaking your head because I'm imagining this poor guy like totally confused I bet something happened. I bet she like read some book or watched some yes. show or something. Like something happened. I mean, I think he should just like jokingly ask her, like, "What's up? Like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> What's he, the weird nipple thing going yeah, on?" Yeah, like, well, that was that was interesting. What's that about? You know, like something like that. Yeah, it is interesting. That that's the first thing I would have done is say, "Why do you fancy like, yeah, that well, all of a sudden? Where yeah, does this well, come from?" Because yeah. I was thinking, read a book, watched a movie, yeah, something. saw something, and thought, yeah, and thought this sounds like it would be good. And maybe she's always always wanted to do it, but maybe she's more confident now because women often turn around. I mean, this is not the first time we've had letters from men saying, "My wife's just got really kinky." Post- post-menopause mm-hmm. I think women do get to the point where they think you know what I'm going to ask for what I want I don't care if I'm judged anymore yeah. so it could be a bit of that could be I mean our bodies change our tastes change our sensitivities change as we get older maybe she just had the confidence to ask and anyway I think you should embrace it and ask her if there's anything else she wants to explore and also 
the, ask her to indulge yours. Like now she's wanting you to bite her nipples really hard. You can say, hey, I want you to squeeze my testicles really hard. Yeah. Like, the, next, the next thing you know, they're both yours. crying, going to the doctor. <laughs> hobbling together. Yeah. Maybe we should combine this with the other question and they both have dementia and, you know, anyway, whatever. <laughs> you don't even. <laughs> Do you know what else is a thing? Because I've just added some new products to my range with Love Funny and testicle separators are oh a thing. Gosh. I mean, yeah, so I know, I, and, and men really like it because it makes the testicles feel sort of constricted, and some men say it gives them a better erection or it makes everything feel more intense, and some just like the look of it. But, yeah, it's something that you don't even think about. I mean, somebody is out there thinking about that. <laughs> they are. Right? I mean, right. we, we want we to know can... how many yeah. people have, have been, who's attracted to a testicle How many separator? of these do they well, sell? I'm curious to know the market for this product. How many Zippy, loads. Loads. Oh my there God. are loads. I mean, Maybe I should get out of China, help with books. <laughs> Maybe I'm in the wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. industry. <laughs> you are in the wrong industry. Yeah. Thank God for sex toys. It's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, there are so many things. If you, it's, when I, because I'm in that world, there are so many things you think, wow, I really didn't know that that was a thing. And I know a lot of things. Do you know, by the way, I've got my figures. What is my best-selling product continuously for the last three years? What? The pegging kit. The pegging, the pegging kit. kit. Women anally penetrating their boyfriend or their straight partner. That's what who it's aimed at anyway. And I don't think, I mean, there's, yeah, I don't think, it, I, I don't know, maybe it's a lot of lesbians buying it, but it's not, it's, it's not, I, I wouldn't imagine they would buy that product. It just is more aimed for heterosexuals. But so interesting. So that's what, that the number one thing that everybody's buying, not vibrators, but pegging kits. Hmm. And when I brought that out, you have no idea of the ridicule I got. People were laughing their heads off, rolling about on the floor going, how embarrassing, you've got your name on a pegging kit. Don't you wonder <laughs> about you the employees like at the manufacturing plant who are taking these and wrapping them up and putting them in boxes and like what they must... Well, I know them all because oh, we, you I used to go down there. Oh my yeah. gosh, how great is that? I've been with this company when there were four of them. Oh. And now there's, I mean, now this company's worth billions, but... The four people, yeah. I've been there from watching the staff grow, 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 grow. And, yeah, so I, knew, I know them all. They're all just matter-of-fact about it. Um, Good sense of humour is a very matter-of-fact. Too bad you don't have, like, some equity in that company. Oh, I know, if only. Yeah. No. Yes. Sad. Anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> this is sad. My mother died suddenly a few months ago, and for some reason, it's reignited my very lazy sex drive. I've gone from trying to avoid sex to trying to have it as much as I possibly can. I felt terrible at first, like it was disrespectful, but it was the only time I could escape the awful feeling of loss and grief. Is this normal? Does it happen to other people too? That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I was about to ask you, because I know you have been through a lot of loss and pain, whether you'd ever had this reaction, but you probably don't want to say if you did. We don't it's, talk about me. No, I know. It's, well, sometimes we do. Sometimes I'll get you to admit the odd thing. No. Odd thing. No. Anyway, okay. All right. This is very normal, though. Often the most unusual situations arouse us, and death is one of them. Threat of war is another one. Cheating, arguments, all those things that you think, why on earth would that make you want to run off and have sex? They do make us want to run off and have sex. And it's, they've got very logical reasons why they would trigger arousal. Because it's not often you put grief and sex in the same word, is it? It's, it's something that is, it's, I mean, it, it's sort of weird that grief would be sexually enticing because it's such a horrible, horrible emotion. But there are many theories why death arouses us and they all make sense to me completely. I mean, the first thing is that if somebody close to us dies, 
it's a very stark reminder that our time on earth is fleeting. Mm -hmm. And sex makes us feel connected. It makes us feel alive. It makes us feel young, especially if you're having sort of, if you have quite wild, lusty sex, which is what seems to happen in this situation. And I think that when we're young, when we're old, like especially if you're older and somebody close to you dies, you feel really vulnerable. I mean, everybody feels vulnerable no matter what age. But when you were younger, you didn't even think about death. So mm -hmm. wild sex reminds us of young, so it gives us back that, oh, it doesn't matter and I'm safe feeling. It also reminds us that life is a cycle mm -hmm. and that, you know, babies are born, people die. Sex is all about, you know, making babies. So subliminally, I think it sort of reminds us of that cycle of life and that's a bit of a comfort. I think we also have a profound need to get as physically close to possible when we're grieving, when we're so sad and you can't get closer than sex, can you, to another human being really. And it provides distraction. I mean, grief is you know, it's exhausting. It's, you know, if you can carve out 20 minutes of escape from such a relentlessly exhausting emotion, then why wouldn't you? And studies show, you know, over and over again that sex releases dopamine. And that one recent study showed that people who had sex had higher, le higher levels of happiness the day after sex as well, even if the sex wasn't very good. So our bodies love it. They just start releasing all this stuff. Now, the other thing about death sex, which is quite interesting, is that it's not always with your partner. People often react really strangely. If you heard about like people in, at funerals doing really weird things, the people who were closest to the person who's died. And it's, so it's not unusual for people in mourning to do something crazy sexually. <laughs> and one of my psychologist friends, I remember her telling me this story that she had a married client who was at her father's funeral and it was unexpected and she was very upset, who just went home, had sex with the neighbour and it was never spoken of again. The neighbour didn't acknowledge it. No one, like, it was just like this thing hadn't happened. So she went to see my friend, not about that, but it just came out as that. And she said, oh, I don't feel guilty at all. It's like it happened to somebody else. And my neighbour, you would just has never acknowledge that it's happened. Wow. And she said, I mean, extraordinary. She said, um, and the, my friend said, you know, look, it's, it's this, this sort of affirmation that we are the, the living ones, we are still living, is so strong that, you know, the desire for sex, it's not even a desire for lust, it's a, it's a seeking reassurance that it is so strong that it overcomes all sense of betrayal and guilt. Mm. So there you go. Oh, yeah. I have to say it's also normal for sex to grind completely to a halt if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't feel like sex, I just feel like going and lying in a quiet room because lots of people feel guilty experiencing any type of positive emotion or just too traumatized mm -hmm. to even think about things like this but I think the main takeaway here is that everyone grieves differently and there's you shouldn't be ashamed for having this reaction it's a very human reaction to a very sad situation and I find grief so sad because you know because everybody thinks the way they grieve is the right way to grieve. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you see parents who lose a child, they always split up and they nearly always split up because they handle the grief differently. Mm -hmm. And one person's like, how can you be happy again after and the other? You know, it's, it's just, and people, we all experience things differently, but grief is something that we tend to experience very differently from the other person. Well, often do. Wow. How did you cope with yours, by the way? Because you I had mean, so much grief. Oh, I mean... I don't know. Every Where loss is sort of different, but I don't even think about it in terms of this area. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even remember. <laughs> no, it's probably one foot in front of the other one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, one foot in front of the other, but yes. 
sad. Okay, sex challenge of the week. Okay. The sex challenge of the week is to orgasm a different way every time you have sex, right? Because we all tend to stick to the same way that we have sex. And if you make it a rule that you swap up your orgasm. So one time, make sure you orgasm through intercourse, if you can. Another time, oral sex. Another time, mutual masturbation. Another time, using a sex toy. And the reason why is that if you only ever orgasm a certain way, your brain gets used, it's all in the brain, not your body. Your brain gets used to traveling a certain neural pathway. And before you know it, that's the only way you can orgasm because your brain's very determined to make things, you know, easy and efficient. So it will eventually go, okay, I'm only going to give you an orgasm with your vibrator now because it's easy and forget everything else because it's too much effort. So the more you mix it up, the better. And the more you mix up with the partner, the better, because then it will keep, you know, if oral sex is a very different orgasm to intercourse orgasms, you're doing different things, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if anyone's doing these sex challenges. Everyone's been very quiet about it. No, I wonder. Not telling us whether they're doing them. Well, thank you to everybody for listening (laughs) and, you know, share this, share our show with, with your partner, share our show with your friends and, you know, people you work, maybe not people you work with. I don't know. Spread the word. (laughs) Maybe not people you work with. If you have a minute. And rate us. We've had some lovely reviews, by the way. Rate and review. What else can you do for us? Let's ask this question. So, yeah. (laughs) And now you can go to the webbyawards.com and just search sex, I guess, or search Tracy or Zibby. And you will find our show and then just click vote. And that's it. So you keep helping us. We'll keep helping you. (laughs) (laughs) The trade-off. Yeah. Okay. Until next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.